Hi folks, this is Jack Spierko with another edition of the Survival Podcast. As always, one man's view of the changing world, the changing times, and the things we can all do to live a better life. If times get tough, or even if they don't. Today is September 6, 2017. This is episode 2079 of the Survival Podcast. It's a Wednesday. That means it is, in fact, interview day. And I have a great interview because... One of my really good friends is waiting to come on the line right now, a guy that I've worked with, I guess, for almost five years now. And he's not just a business partner that I've worked with, but just a truly great friend and a great friend to the Survival Podcast community and one of the most switched-on people about permaculture that I know. I could be talking about no less than Nicholas Ferguson. He'll be on in just a bit. We'll be talking about some of his new things with Homegrown Liberty and some new really great video content he's putting out. Before we do that, though, let's go ahead and hear from our two sponsors of the day. Sponsor of the day number one today is westernbotanicals.com. Man, I'll tell you what, herbal medicine to me is one of the true gifts of God to the earth. I, I really believe that. But there really is a plant for everything. I think we just have either lost the knowledge or haven't found all of them yet. And there are some things that modern medicine is very good at. But it's usually the chronic things, the ongoing things, the aches, the pains, the arthritis type stuff that there's gentler things for. Or the ongoing conditions that medical science names, but they don't really know what it is and they don't really know what to do about it. They just treat the symptoms. Stuff like that. Well, if you're dealing with any of that stuff or you just want to be someone that's taking proactive steps and using herbs as a preventative and to enhance the quality of your life, look no further than Western Botanicals. Real people that really care about you, pick up the phone, give them a call, and they will help you out if you need some help making decisions. They have a great website, and they offer an incredible deal. Uh, it's $50 a, a year to get 25% off all their products, but if you are a member of the Survival Podcast uh, MSB, you get that for free for the first year and then for half price in consecutive years. So that one benefit almost pays for your whole MSB experience alone. Next up today, Ready Made Resources. Another company, I mean, if you think about this, guys, The, the members of the, the, the sponsors of this show, if you think about the amount of time they have spent supporting the show, it's pretty amazing. I don't think many network television series maintain sponsor relationships for six or seven years. Uh, ReadyMade has been with us for like eight years. Eight years of supporting the show. And it's because they have all the stuff that you need ready-made, ready to go at their website, point, click, and buy. If you need resources for your prepping, ready-made resources has it. They're the company that does what they say and say what they do. They do it every day, and they've been doing it nonstop for over a decade now. Check them out at readymaderesources.com. Next up, let's take a look at the year in history for today's show. Uh, last we covered the year 54. Today we're still with the year 54. David Verne has another segment installed for us. It is called Corbulo Prepares for Armenian Campaign. Uh, Nero, who is the new crazy-ass emperor, by the way, has ordered Corbulo, an experienced general, to lead the Eastern Legions in a campaign to de depose the Parthian-appointed king of Armenia and reinstall a Roman puppet. When he arrives in Syria, he found that his four legions stationed there We're a horrible state after serving garrison duty for too long. There were soldiers who had never stood sentry duty, sold their helmets and shields, and were better traitors than soldiers. Corbulo set about turning them into proper legions. He
He discharged those that were too old and too sick and levied reinforcements to bring them up to full strength. During the winter, Kabulo marched them into the mountains and had them camp in their tents, even though the ground was so covered with ice. They had to dig places for the tents. Many men died on watch. One soldier had his hands freeze to a load of firewood and fall off. Many men were deserting, and Kabulo ordered that first offenders would be executed. Unlike other armies where first and second offenders received leniency. It will take four years until Kabulo is satisfied with the legions enough to begin the campaign. My take by David Verne. Corbulo was renowned as a harsh disciplinarian. One account talks about a soldier who was digging a trench without wearing his sword. Corbulo had him dragged out and put to death for being on duty without a weapon. The next day, another soldier went into trench duty naked wearing only a sword-to-sword -sword belt. Corbulo put him to death, too. The reason his entire army didn't mutiny is because Corbulo was a good officer. When his men were campaigning, camping in the freezing mountains, he slept in a tent in the same camp. When his men were working, he was out in the work parties encouraging them and caring for the sick. He wasn't his soldier's friend. He was their leader, and everyone knew it. Sounds like a great guy, doesn't he? For the time, actually, he is, guys. It is very hard for us to look through the lens of almost 2,000 years of history and say, oh, well, that's completely evil and awful. This is, this is life as a soldier at this time. Like, this is what you did. This is the way that it was. And a lot of that's changed, and so much for the better. But I'll tell you what hasn't changed. Good leaders are those leaders that are that they might put you through hardship, but they stand in the hardship with you. The leaders that will put their people through hardship but not partake in the hardship are not leaders. They're drivers of men. They're people that try to operate from authority alone. I recently did a rewind show for you last week on leadership. This is exactly what I was talking about. And, uh, again, the more things change, the more they stay the same. That will always be a fundamental that good leadership will have men follow men who otherwise, you know, you'd think there's no way this guy could earn their loyalty. But when it's true leadership and you're truly in it with them, and, and think about what's going on here, right? So, like, these guys are going to march against people that are going to try to kill them. And a bunch of them are going to die, period. And so the value of life of the individual to the commander was actually very low uh, in this type of warfare because it had to be to be effective. It's, it's a good thing that we're not there. Sometimes you look around and you wonder if we're regressing to this type of a state. Anyway, on to better news. Before I bring Nick on, I want to let you know on the air, we are going to put the TSP Fall Workshop uh, open for deposits to hold a seat. Uh, on sale Thursday the 14th. That's a little more than one week from today. That's not when the workshop is. That's when I'm going to open it up and you can you know, put down your $100 deposit to hold your space. And usually those things sell out in a day or you know, sometimes a couple hours. So I wanted to start doing some pre-marketing on it, more so that people know about it rather than just to make sure that it sells out. Actually, I just think it's going to. I've heard from a lot of people already. Uh, they're going to be coming. This one is going to be pretty fantastic. Absolutely pretty fantastic. We've, we've dropped the number of presenters down, and I've kind of gone with my, my rock star presenters, my best presenters, and most of them will be doing two presentations. Uh, my buddy David Siegler will be doing a uh, presentation on automation and high-production food systems, two of the, so it's two. Nicole Sauce from the Expert Council will be doing building sites with WordPress for you entrepreneurs, and a second session that's yet to be determined Vin Armani will be at the Survival Podcast Workshop. He's going to be two great sessions. 
one on crypto savagery and one on cryptocurrency. Uh, really excited to have Vin attend one of these as a, as a, a speaker. Our guest today, Nick Ferguson, will be doing a couple workshops, awesome stuff on permaculture as always. Uh, he'll actually be talking to you about what one of them is going to be today, so I'll leave it to him. John Pugliano will be here presenting on building wealth and a second presentation on building lifestyle businesses. Patrick Rohrman will be doing a knife building class. This will not be an individual thing you know, where you're doing PowerPoint or whatever for everybody. He's actually going to have a small group of people. They'll have to pay some extra money for the materials and the instruction and all that. That We're going to have a, you know, about two hours of open time each day and other times that people can work in and around things. And he's going to actually, just like he did last time, walk. You know, Somewhere between six and eight of the students will be able to actually build a knife with Patrick. And, of course, everybody else can see what's going on and you know, participate over-the-shoulder type things like that. But he'll definitely have to limit the number of students to do that. And that'll be something that if you want to do that, you pay him for. And then there'll be some guy named Jack here that's going to be doing lots of other cool stuff. One of the coolest things that, that we've come up with for this year, though, is instead of just doing classes, each day, there's three days of instruction, we're going to end with a panel. On day one, we're going to end with a panel on entrepreneurship. That panel will be made up of myself, Vin Armani, David Siegler, and Nicole Sauce. Personally, I think, and we'll probably run those panels 90 minutes instead of an hour. I think a 90-minute panel with the four of us on entrepreneurship is probably worth the 500 bucks that it costs to come to the class. And you might as well look at everything else as free if you're into entrepreneurship. I mean, really, it's a, it's a, a hell of a lineup of people to help you figure out what you want to do with your life and your business. Uh, day two panel will be made up of myself, Nick Ferguson, and David Siegler, and the topic will be high production food systems, the most intensely managed, highest production systems in the smallest space possible. And the third day panel will be all instructors, all eight of us, and ask us anything. Unconfirmed right now is Michael Jordan. Um, I heard from him. He can make it. It might put a bit of a stress on him. I said, take a day and think about whether you really want to come down for a day and a half out of the whole four days. Uh, so I don't know if he'll be coming or not. Uh, I was going to have him do something on Mead. If he doesn't come, I may do something on Mead. And I've got I got a phone-a-friend option on the Mead thing that might be pretty cool as well. So we'll, uh, we'll, we'll see what Mike says on that. But this is going to be awesome. And I would love, like, I know that we're going to get, like, half the people are going to be people that have been to, like, four or more workshops. It's always that way since there's been four or more workshops. And that's a testament to how great they are. The, the, the number of people that come back time and time again is just, I, I'm humbled by it. But I would say if you haven't been to one, this would be a great first one. And if you don't want to get left out, uh, be prepared on, on uh, Thursday morning next week, the 14th. I'm going to, at 9 o'clock, turn on reservations, and you're going to have to log into the MSB, And there'll be a link there for MSB only to sign up and put your $100 deposit down. When they're sold out, they're sold out. And uh, it's, it, again, I mean, I know, like, when somebody's selling something, yeah, they sell. If you've been around a while, you know, like, usually it's two to four hours for the fall ones. The spring ones will take a couple days because people are a lot busier. The fall ones, and we're doing this one, did I even say the dates for you? Uh, the week of Wednesday the 8th, is, Wednesday is the arrival day. Classes are Thursday through Saturday. Uh, and then everybody goes home on Sunday the 12th. So it's Wednesday the 8th through Sunday the 12th. Um, it's a great time of year here. The weather's usually pretty great. Um, it's 
great time of year overall. You're a couple weeks out from Thanksgiving. You're heading into the holidays. Most people, the big work on their homestead and stuff like that is done. Uh, so I, I cannot wait to have you guys here. And I might as well announce this while I'm doing this before I bring Nick on as well. I am returning dun, 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 to Liberty Forum in New Hampshire this February. Yes, I am. Uh, I am actually giving four presentations at Liberty Forum in New Hampshire this year. Uh, I am waiting on the organizer there to get back with me with a discount code that's going to be available to anybody from this audience who wants to go to Liberty Forum uh, in New Hampshire this year, or actually next year, 2018. And I'm very honored. I will be doing a keynote and what they're calling a mini keynote and a panel discussion and another presentation. And I am very involved with the organizer this year in bringing in new people to Liberty Forum, including uh, Vin Armani. And uh, I'm working to add Doc Bones and Nurse Amy to that lineup up there to try to get presenters for Liberty Forum that are not just great presenters, but presenters that stick around, hang out, and talk to people. Uh, what I've noticed in the past about Liberty Forum, I'm not putting it down, because a lot of things are like this, but they bring in these really great big-name presenters, and they show up, and they do their presentation, and they leave. And I understand why. I get it, you know. But they charge a big fee, and they show up, and they leave. Uh, and then they have a lot of other presenters that are okay, but they're not really, really good, right? They're not the kind of, like, you, where you, you're really, like, excited the whole way through. And what I said is, if you want my help, I'll give it to you. And I will put you in touch with people, and then we can get people in there that are not just incredibly good presenters, but presenters that will hang out for that you know, that long weekend and be with people and talk to people. And so um, they've been very receptive to that, and I'm working with them. And so if you can't come to this workshop, and you're from the Northeast especially, or New Hampshire, part of the Free State Project, come hang out with me in February up in New Hampshire. And... Uh, More news will be coming on that soon. With all that wrapped up, a little bit long there, but just some exciting stuff, I want to uh, welcome my good friend Nick Ferguson back to the Survival Podcast. Hey, man, Nick. Welcome back to TSP. Hey, Jack. Thanks for having me on the show again. It's always a pleasure. Glad to have you here today, dude. Um, we hear from you all the time on the Expert Council, but it's been a while since we've had you on as a full-time guest. You know, that's it. We have new people coming into this show all the time. There may be po people who are like, who's this Nick Ferguson character and why should I care? So why don't you tell people, like, who you are and how you got into what you're doing. Take us back to, like, figuring out what you want to do with your life and now you're permaculture consultant, teacher, etc. How's that all come out to be? Well, um, uh, I guess unlike many people who, you know, come to permaculture and homesteading from a you know, air quotes, normal life route, like growing up in a city, playing Nintendo and attending a government school. Um, I was home educated with a heavy emphasis on things like biological systems and ecology because, you know, my parents recognized that that's where my interests were and that's where my strengths were. So they were able to slant everything towards my strengths, you know, from childhood. And, I mean, my first solo garden was, I think, around the age of seven or eight. And for as long as I can remember, probably about five or six years old, I've always had and kept, you know, contained ecosystems for reptiles, amphibians, fish, you know, from just little simple systems to, you know, as I got older, you know, college age, I was designing complex self-contained marine ecosystems. I mean, we're talking like a reef aquarium that fed itself and the fish and only required power to move the water and light the tank and water to replace what evaporated. So, I mean, 
that's pretty cool. Um, I grew up involved in farm life uh, on the family farm in Ohio, 280-acre farm, taking care of goats, cattle, electric fences, building barns, putting up hay, uh, you know, exploring the woods. And being homeschooled allowed me to even uh, – it allowed me the freedom to attend college courses while I was in high school when I was 16. So – as soon as I could drive, I was attending some college courses, and uh, and you know now, I mean I've taught along people like Joel Salton, for instance, last year, and I worked on big projects with people like Mark Shepard and you, of course, and uh, so yeah, I've done a lot of cool stuff over the past several years in permaculture design and homestead design, and uh, and I've been consulting and teaching for gosh four or five years now, full time. And uh, and actually, I'm I'm here today to talk about how I'd like to uh, step into the next iteration of that. Cool, man. So on that, like, what's new with you in uh, Homegrown Liberty? How's your podcast and all that stuff? Uh, well, um, so I did the podcast for a full year, and just due to way too much consulting overload. Um, that was scheduled for the beginning of the year. I put it on hold. Um, just, you know, I had too much consulting. I was gone more weeks uh, in January, February, March than I was home. I was gone more than I was home. So it just wasn't going to work to be able to do the podcast like I was. And that's actually part of the reason why I'm trying to change that income model from consulting to something that allows me to stick closer to home and, you know, I don't know, have a garden every year and actually help <laughs> and actually help more people than I could by doing mostly consulting like I have been doing. And, uh, you know, we're we're essentially restarting everything on our family land from the ground up. I have some systems going and fruit trees established, garden beds, you know, fence and all that stuff. Um, but, you know, you've been here since this is family land. Up until recently, I've kind of had a strict set of restrictions on where and what development I could do. But now the gloves are off. Most of my family members have moved out of state, and I pretty much have a free hand to develop anything as I want to. So it's a fresh canvas. We're going to be cutting down trees close to our house, building a brand new garden, um, building some new structures, pretty much essentially acting like this is a fresh start using all the experience I've gained over years of dealing with, you know, less than optimal systems, making mistakes, learning what works best for us, and I'll be filming it all. So I'll essentially be able to teach a holistic design principles course as those things are being implemented and redone on my homestead here. Very cool, man. So... You know, you mentioned wanting to get off the road, and it is a hard life. I did it for a lot of my life, but it pays the bills, right? So mm -hmm. what's your business model for this new thing you're working on? Okay, well, so basically, even though I love helping people through doing consulting, I'm tired of being gone from home every spring for six out of eight weeks because, uh, you know, here in Louisiana, if I leave my garden for a week unattended and I come back, I don't have a garden anymore. I have a forest. Uh, and I'm tired of having to buy my tomatoes every summer. Um, so the hope is that we'll be able to transition away from in-person consulting work and traveling and focus more 
on working on the property here, the family land, developing great sustainable systems, producing tons of great video content showing exactly how we do all that. So we're going to be doing this in kind of a crowdfunding manner. Um, you can go to patreon.com forward slash homegrown liberty. Um, for those of you who haven't heard of Patreon, it's it's very similar to Kickstarter or Indiegogo, except where those two crowdfunding platforms allow people to support, you know, one-off development of a product or a documentary or something like that. What Patreon does is it allows the patrons, the supporters, to donate monthly in an ongoing support of a content producer that they like and want to see successful. So someone like me. Uh, and I'm, I'm sure lots of your listeners have heard about this, and I know you do. You have. Uh, that YouTube has really put the hurt on YouTube uh, content producers by cutting ad revenue. So lots of people are actually turning to Patreon. It's been really successful. Um, so over at uh, patreon.com forward slash homegrown liberty, you can watch a short intro video uh, with details about what I'm doing and the vision here uh, that we'll get into a little bit later. Uh, read about what I'm working towards, view the financial goals, check out the rewards perks. Just like any other crowdfunding website, uh, you know, there's perks like um, a flat rate shipping box filled with stuff from me at Christmas. Uh, you know, there's going to be seed mixes and some vegetable seeds that I've been working on developing here. Um, lots of different stuff like that. Maybe there's going to be some comfrey cuttings or maybe bare root trees. I don't know exactly what else is going to be in those. It's going to be kind of a surprise Christmas gift from me. Um, there's things like phone consulting, early access to videos we'll be publishing, those kinds of things. Um, and the big thing I want to work towards is essentially a course that will be very similar to a PDC. And depending on what people want, I might be able to fashion it to meet those requirements. But for right now, it's going to be much more slanted towards the practical application aspects. So um, essentially taking the same kind of information that's in a PDC, but showing it as it's being done here on my property as if I was purchasing a new piece of property and developing a new site. And there's going to be a ton more content like small animal production systems, gardening, plant propagation, you know, tons of stuff like that. So lots of really practical, um, easy to apply information like that. And I think that's really exciting and really going to be useful. Yeah, maybe a lot more useful for people because, I mean, here's how I feel about it. I've, I've taken three different PDCs. Um mm -hmm. They were all wonderful. They were all very much strict to the, you know, uh, the the Permaculture Design Institute out of Australia, Jeff Lawton, Bill Mollison's world of meeting the exact criteria. Right. And they all opened my mind. They made me, I think, a better designer, a better systems thinker, a better permaculturist, a better human being, all kinds of wonderful things. That said, I, I don't have a lot of practical need for establishing and understanding uh, high Rocky Mountain drylands in the Jordanian desert because uh, mm -hmm. I have a rough environment, but that's not my backyard, and that's not the backyard of 99% of Americans who are looking to better their own skill sets. You know, we do have some similar geography, but and that's just one example. I also don't need how to... 
envir be environmentally friendly when I am establishing a civilization on an atoll, right? Where I need to know how to, right. to deal with human waste in a way that doesn't pollute the underground aquifer. It's very important, but I don't have an atoll, right? I wish I did, frankly. If I would go to Spirico Atoll tomorrow and the hell with everybody if I had that option, but I don't. So, like, I'm worried about, you know, maybe rabbits for me or how we integrate that so the waste stream becomes an asset and things like that, which I think is largely lacking from a lot of PDCs. Right. And, you know, just like you said, I find great value in a permaculture designer certification course. But, you know, I don't think that most people out there who are interested in that course really need it. They need something similar that I don't think has ever been offered to the world. I think there are, I think you can find all that information scattered all over the place, but I don't think anyone, or I've never seen it, uh, produced anywhere one spot where someone is teaching all of this stuff in a holistic manner. I think that, you know, most of the people who sign up for PDC, um, I think most of them don't know what they're signing up for, to be, to it, be completely honest. It, exactly. They don't want, most of those people don't want to travel the world and teach more or PDCs. I think 99% of those people who attend one of those classes really just want to get a better understanding of what I call holistic design. And that's taking the best of what permaculture has to offer, combining that with horticulture, engineering, agriculture, key line design, and, but most imp importantly are the practical skills. Indeed. I mean, I think a lot of people come out of a, you know, they go into a PDC thing and well, when I go home, I'll know the, the 20 best herbs to plant in my herb garden. No, mm -hmm. you'll know how to make an herb, herb spiral. Right. And, uh, and, you know, which I think... you may or may not really want to do. <laughs> right. I, I mean, I, I don't want to, like, because it's easy to kick the herb spiral, right? But, like, right. there's a place for it. It's just probably not at your house. <laughs> right. yeah. Well, and, and it teaches some, some cool principles, sure. but is it is it really practical for everyone, and is it a little gimmicky? Yeah. Um, you know, I, I think most of the people who go for a PDC really just want to run a small farm or homestead in their backyard. And most of those people that I've ever interacted with are in the continental U.S. And those are the kinds of people that are disenchanted with the life they're living. They're stuck in a dead-end job or just a soul-destroying profession. They're, and, you know, they might be concerned with their health. Uh, the kind of food that they're eating, the health and happiness of their family. They want to get away from cramped urban or suburban sprawl. You know, most of them seem to long for simpler lifestyles. They want to know what's in their food on their table every day. They've gotten a taste of good food, and they realize that they can't afford it. Yeah. So if they're going to get it, they have to do it themselves. Yeah, definitely. So, like, even though this is not a PDC, it's kind of like a PDC. It's a lot of valuable information. I know that you know, I mentioned I've taken three PDCs. One that I took was from Jeff Lawton, the same one you took. Um, you paid for it. It was it was expensive. It was like thousand mm -hmm. bucks, right? And it, I thought it was worth it. Uh, and you're basically giving away something that I think has the same type of a value quotient for free. Why would you take that approach? Okay, well, what I want to do, um, you know. Like I said, I've been doing this consulting thing for years now, and it's expensive to have me travel a thousand miles to come to your location and do a mental 
brain dump and try and teach you as many things as I can in that limited time. And while it's valuable and I can tell you a lot about your property and a lot about how it can be intelligently designed and developed, um, there is so much more that I feel like I could actually, you know, I could make more of an impact, more of a positive impact on the world and in people's lives and do it way more affordably. So, you know, I'll be giving away the knowledge for free online because it won't cost me anything to deliver it once the production is complete. You know, it'll cost me time and effort to film, produce, and encode all that video content, and it'll take some time to do so. But when it's done, it won't cost me a penny to deliver it since it'll be on YouTube. And I want to make that knowledge as freely accessible as possible. I think there's, you know, there's a lot of people out there who are in the TSP community and elsewhere who will want to support this thing happening because they will personally find a tremendous amount of value in being able to essentially be a fly on the wall and virtually follow along on my homestead and on my consultations and see see these properties develop from essentially the ground up. So I think it'll be pretty cool for people to see how I build my raised beds, how I build soil, deal with watering and pests, on up to you know bigger projects like planting you know a thousand feet of uh, swale. How to build that? You know, seeing the problems that you run into in real time and how to work around those problems and find solutions. Um, you know, that's that's something that is lacking in most PDCs, I think, is being able to see though that real-time um, pushback from your landscape and how to work around those issues and problems. So, very cool, man. So, are, are you going to do any sort of, like, for people that want uh, a certification after they, comp if they complete any kind of work that goes along with this, or is it just videos? I mean, how, how does this all work out in the end? Um, okay, so I'm going to be probably doing certification after the whole thing is filmed and produced. Um, and I think what I'll probably do, and I'm going to, you know, talk to the community about this and see what they want and, and see what I can do. Um, but what I'm thinking right now is that most likely we'll model it on other certification programs. So you study for a test, then you pay a small testing fee to take a randomized test question set on the website. If you aren't happy with your score, you can retake the test as many times as you want, and your highest test score will, will be used. And then you'll be required to submit a design, and the design review, since it'll take time out of my day, uh, will have a fee associated with it. So um, I'll assess it. And if your design ticks all the boxes and you got a passing score in your test, then you'll get certified. And what I'm going to do that's different than most people is I want to put my uh, put everyone's test score on their certificate printed on the front. Um, and I'm not going to pass everyone who says they know the material like most PDCs. Um, I think that's a little dishonest to just give everyone a, a passing stamp just because they went to the class. Um, so it'll be pretty rigid. I want to imbue a little bit more professionalism into the whole process and be, mostly because I want a certificate from me to mean something. I want it to mean more than 
others out there in this same realm. Um, but the real thing I want to do is make sure that the knowledge is freely available. So if you want a fancy certificate, that'll cost you something, but the knowledge will be free to everybody. And I think that's that's going to be really um, really critical to make that available and accessible to you know teenagers and kids. You know, I, think what you're, I think what you're saying too is like, so yeah, you get a certificate, but what you really, mm-hmm. if you, if somebody takes that approach, what they're really paying for is for you to evaluate whether or not they've learned the material. Right. I mean, you're, exactly. to, to get feedback and well, you need to tighten this up or this is why that's, you know, that type of thing. That's so that when you go out and actually put it to use, you have some confidence that, yeah, I, I do know what the hell I'm talking about. Right. Right. Um, you know, cause I've seen people come out of, a. Uh, you know, a live in-person uh, PDC, and then they start just throwing, you know, this pattern recognition on the landscape, and they make a pond in the shape of a butterfly, and they obviously don't understand what's at stake because, you know, it's just it doesn't work, and so you know, I want to make sure people can um, can take this information in at their own pace. And when they feel that they are, you know, that they're there and they do actually want a certificate for some reason, um, that they can do that. But if you don't want to do that, well, just don't do that. The knowledge will still be there for free. Gotcha, man. Gotcha. So if, if you're giving this away for free, what's the incentive for people to then – Go to your Patreon and say, you know, I'll kick in five, ten bucks a month. What are, is there any kind of additional thing those people get, or is there any perk to being your patron? Okay, so um, so here's the the value proposition. If you're listening to this and you think this is really cool and you're interested in this and you want to see this happen, then you have to go to Patreon to sign up to support me so that I can make it happen. So if I don't get enough support, well, it'll come out very slowly. So the more support I have on Patreon, the more quickly I'll be able to create this content. And, you know, if this just blows out of the water and I get tons and tons of, of help from the community, then I can even bring in outside help. I can hire someone to help me film. I can have someone to help um do animations and you know really bump up the production quality so the more support the better the quality and the quicker the content will come out so what i'll be doing is for uh, once we hit our financial goal to start filming the course the videos will be shot they'll be edited and released only to the patreon supporters most likely around the five dollar month and up level and we'll continue to film and release those videos until the whole course is finished. And, you know, that could take a year or more, depending on how much support there is out there. So, you know, um, like I said, we can throw more money at the production and turn it out even faster. So um, if you sign up, you'll be helping me do that course and do it faster. And only the people that actually sign up to be a patron will see that content before it is actually released as a full course. That's very cool. So what do you mean by that? They're going to see it as it's done, get it in pieces, parts. How, how's that going to work? 
So every month or so, uh, I'm hoping that I'll be able to put out multiple videos a month. Um, so every time a video comes out, you'll get a notification from Patreon through your email that, hey, there's a new video posted, and you'll be able to click through and watch it and participate and give me feedback, ask extra questions. We'll be doing monthly Q&As, and um, you can actually participate in the development of this whole thing and help make it better and because, you know, the more questions that we get, the more different perspectives that we get on this, the better I'll be able to make this a universally applicable um, set of information for everyone. Very cool. So what what's like your your big overriding agenda goal here? What is your mission, your vision, that type of thing for for where this goes? Well, uh, you know, I want to expand my area of influence. You know, you've talked about your area of concern and your area of, of influence. Um, I want to help as many people as possible. And when I'm doing that in person, traveling all over the U.S., you know, I can only help so much. Um, I want to enable the viewers to gain skills and knowledge that will help them build freedom and liberty in their own lives uh, from the, you know, application of permaculture principles so the mission is to enable people who are interested in learning a new skill to learn as much as can be learned through video. There are, you know, there's not very many people out there who can afford to take off work for a whole week or two, save up two grand to take a permaculture design course or a knife making course from a master just to find out if they like making knives. Because, I mean, you know, you could go and take that course and save up all that money, take all the time off of work, um, Take that knife making course and find out, you know, making knives is just a lot of work and I don't really like doing this. Um, and it's a big risk play to save the money, do all that. Um, and I want to make it easy for that person or let's say a homeschooler to watch a video, try out the skill to see if that's something that they want to do before they make a larger investment into pursuing that knowledge set. So let's say they're interested in the idea of raising rabbits for meat and gardening. I'll be able to help them get into learning that skill set help them avoid a bunch of the pitfalls and have some success and decide if it's something they really want to dive into. Very cool. So what other types of videos are you putting out there? Like you're not going to spend the next two years with every single video you do not being for the public and only being for your patrons or what have you. Exactly, exactly. So um, we will have a bunch of free content put out there for anyone to watch. Um, and that'll give anyone who's uncertain or on the fence about the quality or the content to get a taste of what we're actually teaching and developing. Uh, and then we'll have different tiers of, of video content that'll be released to, you know, the different tiers of supporters on Patreon. So I'm going to have completely updated, more in-depth plant propagation course content teaching you all the, the tips and tricks that I've learned over the years of doing this, um, updated technology. I'll be able to constantly update that every year. There's going to be new information. There will be specific um, plant propagation per species. So I'll, I'll teach people how to graft tomatoes and, and grow you know disease-resistant tomato rootstock and things like that. Uh, graft your fruit trees and nut trees. We're going to get into small animal husbandry, fencing techniques, gardening. Uh, that's fencing, not 
not like sword fighting, but fencing, making fence. Um, uh, knife making, butchering, charcuterie, harvest preservation, orcharding, you know, things like pruning and planting, grafting, maintaining those fruit trees, earthworks, pond construction, digging swales. We're going to be getting into brewing beer, cider and wine, aquaponics, greenhouse construction and use, uh, passive heating methods. Uh, I'm not a beekeeper. I'm interested in it. So I'm going to be going to beekeepers and having them teach me on video so everyone will get to learn as I learn. Um, homeschooling, stuff like that. Just, I mean, the list goes on and on. Very, very cool, Nick. Um, so... It sounds to me like you want to make this thing also like super family friendly, right? Like so kids are welcome, very very comfortable for anybody to involve any member of the family. Right. Well, you know, uh you know, I was homeschooled, uh my wife was homeschooled, our kids are too, and you know, we're constantly looking for some family friendly educational video content um that wasn't really available when I was growing up. And this is a new era where, you know, a kid can be interested in, um, you know, what are crystals? And like, for instance, my son asked me, what is a crystal? And so we got out magnifying glass and we looked at different crystals and um, we set up an experiment for making salt crystals on strings and sugar crystals and seeing the difference and, um, you know, that was that was really fun and really interesting and i want to be able to make all of this uh all of this video content is going to be you know clean language so you know a five-year-old can watch it and be interested and involved um and i think you know as a homeschooling dad i wish that i had a trustworthy source of informative video content that i could just throw my six-year-old at without having to worry about something entirely inappropriate, you know, popping up on the screen or, you know, language or, you know, just anything like that. Except that, you know, gardening is a gateway drug. They might turn into a full-on uh, uh, anarcho-agrarian. That, that could there, be there you result, go. You know? <laughs> yeah. You know, actually what it sounds like it would be really, really a great fit for is I know a ton of our audience are homeschoolers. Mm -hmm. And making it part of homeschool curriculum because you know, you're mentioning the crystals and stuff, but in every single aspect of things that we do on our homestead, there are mathematical, scientific, yes. and mechanical components to it that lend themselves to education of how the world actually freaking works. Because I don't know about you, I kind of feel like like that's what we should actually teach kids mm -hmm. like how things actually freaking work, how to actually do things, how to understand things. And above all, how to learn. And if you have a fundamental understanding of things like, I mean, you think about the laws of thermodynamics, right, and entropy mm -hmm. and things like that. Like, that all plays into designing systems with permaculture. And, right. you know, I think most people get out of high school and you, they couldn't tell you anything about, you know, the laws of thermodynamics. Other than what they memorized and put down on a piece of paper or picked A or B or C for it. They really can't tell you how that applies to anything or explain entropy that all systems de decline with entropy over time. There's only so long we can rebound energy. And then what does that actually mean to my life? Like how do I take that into account so that there's enough natural inputs to account for what I'm going to lose? Right. That right. seems I mean, valuable for children. 
Right, and and that's 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 our whole that's our whole mindset here with teaching our kids is how can I um, feed that love of learning? How can I encourage my sons to um, just explore the world that they live in and understand what's happening and how to apply that? You know, practical life skills. I I want my kids when they are grown, when they are leaving me to go out on their own, um, you know, I want my son to be able to do all the basic maintenance and mechanical repairs on his vehicle. I have taken my my vehicles ever since I was 16. I bought my first car with cash, and I have repaired every single thing short of um, wheel mount and balance and wheel alignments, uh, I've done everything on my vehicles, and I want my sons to be able to do that. I want my sons to know how to grow food, how to harvest it, how to cook it, how to preserve it. I want my sons to know, you know, real-life things like how to haggle with someone, you know, how to count and find out if you're getting a good deal or if you're getting cheated on the fly. You know, going to an auction and assessing, you know, uh, is that is that spool of cable as long as the guy is, is saying, well, what's the math to do that? Let's break it down. Let's find out, you know, how much is a foot of that way. So what's the scrap metal price uh, and be able to do that, do those calculations on the fly. That's something that I don't think any high school students leaving government schools these days could do. Yeah, yeah, you know, because, you know, Common Core will fix it all. I mean, it's, uh, <laughs> yeah, right. yeah. I mean, it takes uh, 117 steps to solve, like, I don't remember what the problem was. It was like, you know, basically it was like 8 times 6 or something, and 100 steps to figure it out. It, it, it's ridiculous. And the thing is, I don't even care if it's not ridiculous. Kids get bored in school, right? You were homeschooled, right. so, right? Yeah. Yeah, a little bit different take on it, but I mean, there's a lot of times like I don't care, I just mm-hmm. don't care, and you you can you can force them to do the work, but you can't force anybody to care, and it's caring that actually makes education valuable. Right, right. The, you know, I ran into that. Uh, my mom had a hard time with me because if I didn't understand why it was applicable to me, I didn't care, and I wasn't going to learn it. And it, it was like trying to, you know, force force an anvil into, you know, a, a really tiny cup. And it just wasn't going to happen. If I didn't understand why I needed to know this math stuff, uh, I wasn't – I was just – it was going to take a long time for me to learn it because it would just have to be rote, recital, repetition for me to memorize it versus if I was interested in it. I pick it up at the drop of a hat. I understand that completely. I, I really do. Um, I completely agree with it too. I, it's got to be great for you now to have a plan and have the freedom to do what you want to do with your homestead, right? Because I know you've been there with some restrictions and they've waned a little over time, but now you basically can finally do what you want and. Your plan comes to fruition. You'll actually be there, especially going in through the fall and into mm-hmm. the spring to actually do it. So, you know, with that free reign and with all that you've learned, like, what are some of your plans? Like, 
more from a personal aspect that you want to get done on your homestead this year? Oh well, um, you know we we've uh, we've pared back all of our our animals. We've gotten rid of almost all of our large herbivores. I've gotten rid of all but one goat. Um, we're about to get rid of uh, our last head of cattle. So all I have left over are rabbits and chickens, and we will be adding animals back in as we get the infrastructure put in. And, man, I'm, just, I'm really looking forward to, uh, to teaching more people. Um, I'm looking forward to getting some trees cleared out around, you know, the house. You've been here. It's all, it's all woods. There's no, there's no grass that grows anywhere because it's all shade. So I'm looking forward to getting um, a whole lot of edge uh, brought into the property um, to changing it from overstory, regrowth, you know, pine and and softwoods. Uh, harvesting those, we're going to be milling some lumber. Uh, gosh, we're going to be. Uh, I have a, a big old wood chipper, so we'll be harvesting those trees. We'll be chipping up all of the limbs and making tons and tons of mulch. We'll be uh, getting ready to plant a whole bunch of fruit trees in the spring. So we'll have an orchard area that we're going to be designing and uh, planting. Hopefully in the spring, we'll have uh, the layout for our zone two main crop. So those uh, those calorie crops, you know, potatoes and corn. And uh, I have a line on... Uh, I don't know if you're familiar with who Vandana Shiva is. Um, she's out of India. And uh, and apparently uh, I've been offered to get pretty much any number of a thousand different cultivars of rice. Oh, wow. And, yeah. And all these are like land race rice cultivars that are in danger of becoming extinct. And we live right on a big reservoir. And, you know, my neighbor has a backhoe. So what I'm wanting to do is actually put in some patties. And uh, depending on the different cultivars of rice, you know, some of them will be, you know, upland and some of them will be bog. But I'll be able to, with very little energy and effort, take water from the reservoir and cycle it through the whole thing. We'll have the Muscovy ducks to go through there and keep all the mosquitoes cleaned up. Of course, we'll have, you know, just minnows and stuff that we'll be toss, you know, tossing up in there to help harvest mosquito larvae and turn that into fertility. Um, so I'm excited about that. Uh, that should be really cool to, to play around with all those different cultivars of rice um, and to see what works well here. Uh, let's see what else. Um, we're going to be doing some really fun things. You know, this isn't really permaculture or ag related, but we're going to be putting in some zip lines for the boys. Um, we'll have some zip lines going over our cove so they can zip out there and then drop into the water. Um, uh, I'm really interested in, in comparing and contrasting multiple different garden uh, gardening system. So we're going to be taking Mel Bartholomew's square foot gardening. 
and stacking it up against a couple different gardening techniques and methods, all on the same plot of land with the same light, with the same water, with the same fertility regimen, and see which one of those does the best. So comparing and contrasting will be really easy to actual to show an actual contrast. And uh, so I'm interested in that. I love doing those kinds of experiments. And I think that's really valuable for people to actually be able to see the the contrast between those different methods. Because, you know, uh, you know, a lot of people don't have time to go out there and vet, you know, find decent information vet it and if you don't know enough to know what you don't know then you know you won't actually be able to tell if that's actually good information you know we don't all have an almost eidetic memory like you do <laughs> yeah so <laughs> so <laughs> so you know it'll be nice for me to be able to uh it'll be fun for me to be able to research these different techniques and methods and show the comparison and contrast and vet out the information and be able to actually show people how those things uh, fit together. And um, and one of the things I'm really excited about that I'll actually be uh, presenting at your at your workshop um, coming up in November. Yep. Yep. Um, <laughs> is a, a system that's like function stacking to the extreme. Um, and I've, I'm really excited about this. I've been working on uh, how to make this all work for, for years now. And this system is scalable from, you know, backyard or probably even like a balcony uh, size system up to, you know, tens or hundreds of acres. Um, and what this does is it allows people to take, um, let me see if I can pull this up real quick. All right. I worked on a, a flow dart here and, uh, and I'll be doing, a this PowerPoint presentation and showing this flow chart. Uh, and, and what we do is we take fruit and fodder trees and they have a certain number of products. So we have fruit and leaves and mulch. And those go to the mulch can be returned back to the fruit or fodder systems. They can go to a chicken compost yard. And the leaves from the fruit and the fodder trees can go to your rabbits. And then the rabbits have yields of meat and pets and manure. And, uh, you know, we have food, we have profit, and then we have a fertility resource. Well, that manure, when uh, when you set these the system up the way I'm going to be setting the system up, I won't have to move any rabbit manure. The rabbits deposit it directly into the worm bin. The worms do all of the composting for me. I don't have to clean out rabbit cages. I don't have to clean out from underneath rabbit cages. I don't have smell problems. I don't have, you know, fly problems. The earthworms do all that for me, and then we're going to have, you know, products from the worms. We'll have worms, we'll have worm tea, we'll have the castings, and excess worms can be sold and profit taken in the form of bait. And the way my system is set up, the castings will get cleaned out and taken directly to the garden. The worm tea gets harvested automatically 
with no effort on my part and injected into an automated fertigation system. Again, no effort on my part. It's all automatic. I could leave for a month and this would all keep working. The only thing that would need to happen is rabbits would need to get fed. Um, so all that goes to the garden. Uh, the garden, you know, we get vegetables out of it. Uh, one of the resources, the resource outputs is weeds and garbage. So the garbage vegetables that, you know, they're just too bad or they're rotten or whatever, we're not going to eat them. Those can go either to the rabbits or all, most likely it's all just going to go to the chicken compost yard. So the chickens do all that composting for me. The excess mulch from the fodder trees and the fruit trees gets turned into dirt there. Everything else gets turned into dirt in the chicken compost yard. I don't have to do any of that work. The chickens get a great diet. I get to never, ever, ever, ever turn another compost pile. And I hate turning compost piles. <laughs> and, uh, you know, most of that compost, with the way the system is set up, most of that compost is not needed for the garden because of the intense fertility from the earthworm castings and the worm tea. So most of that compost is just a happy byproduct that gets to go to the fruit and fodder trees. So I'll be, um, that's one of the things that I'm most excited about being able to show that whole system being implemented and we'll be videoing that whole thing and showing how all that works together and meshes together to make for uh, an almost no work free food system. So that that's probably the biggest thing that I'm most excited about um, being able to show everybody because I'll be able to take it from, you know, you'll be able to take that from one pet rabbit up to, you know, a, a 500 animal rabbitry and... 500 rabbits makes a lot of rabbit poop. <laughs> makes a lot of bunnies, too. That makes yeah. a lot of bunnies. Makes a lot of bunnies. So, hey, so yeah, if people want to learn all about that and want to meet you and hang out with you, if they haven't been before, they really should consider coming out to our workshop. Uh, we're doing that November 8 through 12 here at Nine Mile Farm. I put out kind of a teaser on that yesterday. Uh, I will be probably opening it to registrations on the 14th, which is Thursday next week. Because uh, I, I, I'm actually hoping to go on vacation, Nick. Um, ah. My my concern is the place that I want to go on vacation <laughs> may not Won't be there. May not be there, or at least the building that I would stay in may not be there because it's a uh, Gulf Coast of Florida, and uh, I, I hate feeling that way. Because I'm like, talk about a first world problem. Oh, my vacation messed up. But you know, this hurricane's going to hit somewhere, and if it did hit my vacation spot, I I wouldn't be unhappy. I, I put it to you that way. So I'm trying to get the, the workshop, like the registrations that I'll put to bed before we leave uh, toward the end of the month for, for 10 days, hopefully. And uh, so we're going to try to get that out next week. And I think people should come, especially, like, we get a lot of repeat business, and, and that's a good thing. Um, mm -hmm. But I like when we get new people, you know, and there's a lot of folks out there maybe haven't met you yet, use this chance to come meet you. Uh, on top of that, like, if people want to, like, support your work or, like, stay in touch with you. Do you have any resources for people to do that with? Yeah. Um, if you go to my website, that's homegrownliberty.com and you scroll all the way to the bottom, there is a way to sign up for our mailing list. So if nothing else, if you don't want to go and support me on Patreon, then sign up for that mailing list because we're going to be pushing out 
free content. So if you don't want to miss out on any of that free content and you're signed up, you'll get emails with the free with links to the, all the free videos that we're going to be putting out. Um, and again, you know, if you think this is a really cool idea, I think this is a you know phenomenal idea. I think it's going to be really exciting, um, and it's going to be very useful. Uh, go over to patreon.com forward slash homegrown liberty. Jack, I know you've already signed up just to help me out. Um, we've got a lot of supporters all over there already, but I, I really want to try and see if we can push this up into the, the level of support where I can actually quit doing uh, consulting full time and focus full time on making these videos because, you know, my, my viewpoint is the more people I can actually impact and help the better agreed and I, I wish you the best with it nick because you're, you're one of the best teachers I've, I've known and i've been really fortunate to have you be part of a lot of what we're doing here and, and i thank you for being with us today and i thank you for your service on the expert council thank you for always teaching at my workshops man and uh you, you know me it's it's not just expert council you want to be on the air you let us know we'll have you on anytime you want yes sir thank you for having me So great interview with Nick Ferguson. Uh, really happy to uh, to have had him on. And again, I'm just happy to have had him as a friend uh, for I guess almost five years now. It's uh, he's a great guy, guys. So like, if if you're thinking like, if you're new to the show and you're wondering like, is this somebody really worth supporting his efforts? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, I don't know many people I would call better men than Nick Ferguson. Anyway, um, and heart of a teacher too. As I say, though, anyway, it is time to wrap things up here today. Once again, uh, I want to talk to you about our YouTuber of the day. So our YouTuber of the day comes to me today from Candy, and Candy says, Smart Drug Smarts ran across the channel while listening to Dr. Andrew Weil on YouTube. Fascinating range of subjects on herbals, foods, alternative medicine, and other plant-based, yes, mushrooms, and other psychedelics, too, ways of improving brain function. Thought you might find it interesting. The one on lion's mane mushroom is especially good candy. Well, thank you for that candy. And you had me at Dr. Andrew Weil. Um, he's one of, to me, the most amazing people in the world of alternative health. I've been a follower of him and a reader of his books for going on 20 years now. So if Andrew says he's cool, I figured he'd be cool. I looked it up, he was. And this is the one great thing about this channel. They have all these nice little one-minute introduction videos that tells you all about the channel. So I don't really have to. I can let the host speak for himself. So go ahead and play that for you now. Hello and welcome to the Smart Drug Smarts video channel. My name is Jesse Lawler. I am the host of the Smart Drug Smarts podcast. And what Smart Drug Smarts is, is a podcast that I started a few years ago with me calling up neurologists, research biochemists, brain hackers, folks like that, and asking them questions around one central idea. What could I do to make myself as smart as possible? And what could anybody else do to accomplish the same thing? Now, the answers to those questions led to the podcast, and the podcast, of course, led to this video channel. And a lot of what you're going to find here is going to be the older podcast episodes with our logo smacked on the front. Nothing terribly cinematic there. So if you've been listening to the podcast for a while, you'll probably want to skip past most of those. But we're also planning on starting to do some video interviews and some video-exclusive content that you'll really only find here. So if you like your content on video, definitely sign up for this channel. Also, somewhere down below is going to be a link to sign up for our email list. Our email list every single week has information from around the internet of what's going on within the world of neuroscience and, of course, also what we've got going on within the Smart Drug Smarts community. So I definitely encourage you to sign up for that. So, 
take a look around, enjoy a couple of the videos, and thanks for being here. So again, check them out, Smart Drug Smarts on YouTube. I do have a link in today's show notes under YouTuber of the Day for you on this one. Next up, let me remind you one of the ways you can help support our show that's completely, totally, 100% painless is simply to do online shopping through a little website of ours called tspaz.com. You should go to tspaz.com, and from there you can see things like our Amazon reviews, the deals of the day on Amazon, everything like that. But as long as you go to tspaz.com and click one of our links before you do your online shopping, no matter what you buy, you help support the Survival Podcast. So it's an easy, painless way. Today I brought back one of my all-time favorite items of the day for you instead of writing a new review um, because they're back in stock. I've been watching them for two and a half, three months now. The last time I featured them, I didn't realize there was like four in stock when I featured them. And I need to pay attention to that because usually if I feature something with four in stock, by the time I get on the air and talk about it, they're gone. And that's what happened last time. They're back in stock. I've been waiting, like I said, several months now to run them again, watching them to come back in stock. Uh, it's by one of my favorite companies, E-Tech City. I love E-Tech City because they provide great support. I've featured a lot of their products. A lot of you guys have bought them, and no one's ever called me or phoned me or emailed me and bitched me out and said, I bought this stuff and it's junk. I've never heard a negative thing yet, and with as much stuff as I've recommended from them, I feel really confident. These items I feel confident because they're in my home. I use them all the time. They are the E-Tech City Nightlight Flashlight Rechargeable Emergency Light, and The way these work, they have an adapter. You plug them in the wall. It's like a little cradle. And the light sits in there. And it charges wirelessly. It looks like there's no, no connection that you see between them and the cradle. There's no metal contacts or anything. But it charges through and into the battery. And if the power goes out, they light up. <clears throat> if you walk by them in the dark, they, they detect your motion and they light up. Pretty cool. And you can also just reach in and pick them up out of the cradle and they light up. And then instead of the whole front lighting up, it's more like a room light. There's a switch that you can flip to light out the front more like a flashlight. Uh, you get two of them for about $30, bucks, so they're about $15 a piece. To me, the fact that you could be taking a shower one day, night, I should say, and the power goes off. you got soap in your face and your eyes. You can't see where the damn, and your kid's in the other room. Daddy! And instead of that, the kid's like, oh, I got light, and picks it up and goes wandering around while you get dry. That's worth 30 bucks for two of them. Uh, we pretty much have them in all the major parts of the house. I keep one in the kitchen. That way, if I get up at night and I walk in there to get, like, a drink or something, it lights up. I can see. There's only one complaint I found about them on Amazon. You know what the clip plane is? They're too bright when they turn on. Yeah, it makes me think about a little bit from Ron White. You can't fix stupid. Like, the light's too bright. I Okay. Um, anyway, if you follow that link in my write-up today to Ron White, no, it is not workplace-friendly. I'll just say that. It is Ron White, after all. But these are a great product. Check them out. They belong in your home. And if you don't have some sort of uh, something that does this, this, this emergency power failure light system, you should have something. And these are the best I've found. Uh, Sylvania made a very similar product I recommended for a while they stopped making it the one they came back with there's a problem with them they overdrive and what I mean by that is after about a, a, you know six months to a year they'll stay on all the time and they won't go out uh, like they get so overcharged so these these don't do that that's why I recommend them but again you can always support the survival podcast how by doing your online shopping where 
tspaz.com, T-S-P-A-Z.com. That brings us to our song of the day. John Adam picked this one out, and I'm glad to have John doing this because I wouldn't pick this song out. It's not really my style of music. It's by The Offspring, who I'm, they're okay, but they're not really my style of music. And this one, like, more toward the style of the stuff that I really don't like, like the da-da-da-da-da-da kind of, it's not even good explanation of it, but just the way the music starts out, you'll see what I mean. Not my, it's a bit too much for my personal taste, but that's the whole point of having someone else pick out the music, get lots of variety so that I, you know, interact with all of you guys because some of you like music like this and some of you are more like the singer-songwriter guy like me so that's good but the, the reason I actually like this song is the underlying undertone of the message the song is called Secrets from the Underground and what this song really is about is how in our country there's this festering anger and that if People don't feel heard sooner or later. They're going to make themselves heard in some pretty bad ways. And you might think this song fits today pretty well in 2017 with, you know, Antifa and alt-right movement and neo-Nazis and all that crap's been on your TV and the polarization of Donald Trump and blah, blah, blah. So I was released in 2012. This is a constant theme in the way that people feel is that they're not being heard. The, 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 the problem really will come to a head, though, when people really feel they can't be heard. And we need to think about that when we say things like, so-and-so shouldn't be allowed to say that. And, and I think this song may be more appropriate today than it's ever been, because we're getting more and more into the places where people are starting to say, well, so you shouldn't be able to say that because it's offensive. When, when you get into that world, you get to a point where when people try to speak their mind and they get lumped in, with whoever you're talking about sometimes. it's not They're not even saying the same thing, but they get just lumped in. And it's like when you're, you're, you're setting up audio equipment for a musician and you get the equipment too close to the microphone and you get that screech of feedback loop. People will only tolerate that for so long. The best thing we can do about things we don't like hearing is go ahead and let those people speak and then rebut them in the world of the intellectual argument. And if we don't, this can be the alternative. With that, this has been Jack Spierko with another edition of the Survival Podcast. Help me figure out how to live that better life if times get tough or even if they don't.